welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. There's a practice called Lexio Divina in, in the history of the church. And Lexio Divina just means, uh, simply it means divine or sacred reading. And so before we get to that, and before we get to actually doing it, and I want to try to walk us through that together, um, I want to lay some groundwork. Uh, I'm a theology nerd. Some of you know me. Uh, some of you might not know me. I'll just tell you that I love uh, theology, and I geek out about it. People ask me, like, what have you been reading lately? And I'm, I, I'm always hesitant to say, like, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's biography. Uh, you know, I'm, an, I'm a nerd, a uh, theology nerd. So, and, and here's why I want to lay some groundwork here, because if we don't understand what it is we're doing with the scriptures and what we're working with with the scriptures, I think what we run the risk of having is just a, a reading of a 2,000-year-old text, a, a collection of stories and interesting things. Okay? If we don't understand what, what, what I believe and what we believe to be true about the scriptures and about the Bible, uh, it could very possibly be that we just read this book that's really old and has some weird, bizarre stuff in it, um, but I think, and I think uh, you, you might agree with me if you follow Jesus, that there is something more going on here. There's something far deeper than just somebody reading a story or words on a page. And so I want to unpack that a little bit and sort of lay the groundwork, and then we'll participate in what the church is called Lexio Divina. So here are a couple of things that I want to, I want to say by, by starting. Um, by show of hands, when I say the word of God, how many of you equate that to the scriptures, to the Bible? The word of God, just by raise, show of hands, Okay. Many of us, I would say the majority of us in the room, um, if you had asked me this question maybe 10 years ago and you'd said, what is the word of God? I would have said, well, it's the Bible. Um, and I've had the, the unique privilege and opportunity to, to go to seminary and to do a lot of studying and have some really intelligent people uh, challenge me about the way I think about the scriptures and about theology and God. And I've come to this, this point in my life where, and I want to submit this to you this morning, that there is not one word of God, i.e. this book right here, but in fact, there are actually two words of God. Now, before you string me out on the heretic's ledge, I want, you to, I want to invite you to go to 1 John, or I'm sorry, uh, the, the Gospel of John chapter 1. So go ahead and turn it in your, if you have a Bible, or on your phone, go to John chapter 1. And I think if we read the scriptures and listen to what the scriptures are saying about the word of God, um, we begin to see that there's something else going on here. And uh, I, 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 I've missed it all this time, and yet it's right here in front of us. John, in the beginning of his gospel, says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Now skip down to verse 14. The word, same word that's used here, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So who does John refer to as the word? Is it the scriptures? It's Jesus, right? So John, in his speaking, now he doesn't, maybe he knew, I don't know, we can ask him when we get on the other side of uh, resurrection, maybe John knew that what he was writing would end up in what we call the word of God, but when John was writing, he says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and he's referring to Jesus. So I want to submit to you this morning that there are, in fact, two words of God. This is my... That's a, that's a crown right there. That's a crown. That there are two words of God, and this is the Bible. 
two different words of God that the scriptures speak of or that, that we've come to know and that one of them is Jesus, the word of God that John talks about, and the other is this one that, of course, we have in front of us. Now, there's a question that I think is important to ask at this point, and the question is, what is the relationship between the two words of God? What's the relationship between Jesus, the incarnated, made flesh, word of God, and the scriptures? Do they hold each other's hands? Are they like symbiotic? Are they on the same level? Do they, uh, are they kind of working in tandem? Or is one of them primary and one of them secondary? Is one of them um, maybe fuller? Or I think that's a question that we should probably ask at this point. And I want to say that for me and for us at Awaken, we're starting with the assumption that, this is Jesus, crown, that the word of God, the scriptures, actually serve, support, come under the word of God made flesh. Isn't that a terrible drawing? <laughs> My wife's laughing over here and she's like, that's bad. It's really bad. But here's the assumption that I start with. The Bible, the scriptures, serves the incarnated word of Christ, the incarnated word of God, the living word of God, Jesus. So the Bible tells the story of God working in and through humanity and in, in, in the story of, of, of humanity And then revealing, when it kind of comes to its fullness, reveals Jesus. And what does Hebrews say about Jesus? It says that Jesus is the full representation of who God is. So when the disciples come to Jesus and they say, we want to see the Father, what does he say? Read your Bible. No, he doesn't. He says, says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Which is to say that the fullest representation, the fullest revelation of God that we have is Jesus. And that the scriptures then support, reveal, are a portal through which we know and understand and come to be in relationship with Jesus. So I want to start by saying, as we talk about Lexio Divina and this reading, this sacred reading of the text, I want to make sure that we understand how we're appropriating and, and how we're approaching the text. Because I think that there, 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 uh, there has been a, maybe an error in the past, and I've been, I think I've, at times in my life, where the Bible becomes this thing, and it's like up here, and it almost becomes this, uh, have you ever heard the word bibliolatry? Where we worship the Bible. Now, don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying that the Bible isn't important. I'm not saying that the Bible isn't the word of God. I'm not saying that the Bible isn't authoritative for the church. What I am saying is that what we're after, what we're in relationship with is not the Bible, but the living God revealed to us in the scriptures. Does that make sense? And so what we're hoping for, and this is good Luther here, what we're hoping for is that the God of the Bible, the living God, Jesus, would come up out of the pages of the Bible and encounter us. So when we talk about something like Lexio Divina, why it's so powerful and why it's so important and why it's been something that the church has been doing for years and years, thousands and thousands of years, is that the scriptures become a way by which God reveals himself to us. This is, it's it's as if this is a portal through which we encounter the living God. But the living God, Jesus, 
is what we're after. So when we read this text, what we're hoping for is something supernatural, something divine, something spiritual that God might actually reveal God's self to us through, and, and, and I think we, we, can, we have a good authority and uh, belief that God will do that through the scriptures because God has promised to do that through the scriptures. If this is true, and what we're after is the living God of the Bible, through uh, which the Bible tells the story of and reveals us, this leads us to a place where we are absolutely and totally and utterly dependent on the Spirit of God. Right? If we, if we know that the God exists in Father, Son, and Spirit, the Spirit of God illuminates what we're reading. The Spirit of God speaks. The Spirit of God initiates. The Spirit of God makes sense for us what we're reading in Scripture. Right? The, 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 uh, it says that this, the gospel is foolishness to the world. So what's, what's being said in here, what's being talked about in here, what God is saying is foolishness to the people who are listening, unless the Spirit of God makes it, sent, makes it make sense to us. So not only does, do I want to talk about this, this, uh, this relationship between Jesus and the Scriptures, but I want to start by saying that if, we're, if, if Lexio Divina is at all important, if it's at all relevant, if it's to be... Um, meaningful at all in our lives, we are dependent on the Spirit of God. So we start with this assumption, right? This is kind of back to what you were, your question, Lane. We start with this assumption when we come to this text that the Spirit of God is at work, that the Spirit of God is revealing who and what Jesus is and did, and, the, and that through the scriptures that that's actually possible. So, Lexio Divina, uh, if you're, in case you're a, hist- a history buff or hist- interested in history, there's a guy named St. Benedict who was uh, alive in like the late 400s, early 500s, and he was a monk, and he wrote an order or started this order of other monks that, uh, that's still around to this day. There are Benedictine monks. If you go looking for them, you can find them. And this order was based on three things, prayer, work, and Lexio Divina. sacred reading. So their whole life, every single day, every single week, every single month, every single year was founded or on this rhythm of prayer and work and the scriptures being read. So here's what we're going to do today. Um, I've picked a passage that will be read. Uh, We're going to have three different readers and three different voices that will read this passage. Uh, And there will be, we'll start with just a, a, a prayer of confession that we'll kind of all pray together. Then we'll have a time of silence. And then someone will read this text. Uh, And each time it's read, I'll give you just a prompt to kind of listen for something as the text is being read. And then when when we kind of walk through this, uh, so this passage will be read, there'll be a time of silence. It'll be read again, and I'll prompt you, listen for this, then a time of silence. Third time. And then what we're going to do is just spend some time talking at our tables and sharing a little bit about what we experienced as we read it. So I'm going to need your involvement. I'm going to need your interaction. Um... And as you do this, as you listen, remember, God is, God wants to reveal God's self to us. And the scriptures are a means by which that happens. And so as we read this, as we listen to it, what we're after is an encounter with the living God. And it's my firm belief and conviction that through the scriptures, as they're read, as we listen to them, as we hear them together, that God wants to reveal. God wants to speak. Um, and, I, and I think that he will. So 
I'm going to ask uh, those of you that are reading, uh, I think Max and Becca, if you guys want to just come on down here to, towards the front, um, and uh, we'll start. Uh, if you want to put that um, prayer of confession up there, if that would be okay, the first one. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to pray this together. Uh, if I'll invite you to pray it with me, and uh, then we'll have a, a time of silence, and Becca will come, and she'll read. Uh, it's a passage from Mark. And then there'll be another time of silence, and I'll uh, instruct you kind of what to listen to. And then actually Hadley uh, is going to read my daughter, and then Max will read uh, third and finally. So let's go ahead and read this prayer of confession together, and then I'll just give you a moment of silence. So together with me, if you would. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbor as we should. Forgive us. We come to your word today, desperate for you to speak, desperate for the living word of God to touch our hearts. Give us eyes to see you. Give us ears to hear you. Just a time of silence, if you would. Now, as Becca reads this first time, um, listen for a word or a concept or an idea that strikes you. And then we'll have a time of silence. Jesus said to them, come away with me. Let us go alone to a quiet place and rest for a while. Many people were coming and going. They could not even eat. So they went away in a boat to a lonely place by themselves. The people saw them going. Many people knew them. The people ran from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When the boat got there, Jesus saw the many people. He was very sorry for them because they were like a sheep with no one to care for them.
Now this time, as Hadley reads, reflect on the word or the concept, but this time pay attention to um, any emotions or anything that you're feeling. Jesus said to them, Come away with me. Let us go alone to a quiet place and rest for a while. Many people were coming and going. They could not even eat. So they went away in a boat to a lonely place by themselves. The people saw them going. Many people knew them. The people ran from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When the boat got there, Jesus saw, that many, saw the many people. He was very sorry for them because they were like sheep with no one to care for. Now this time as Max reads the passage, think uh, about this word and the feelings and ask God why, why this word, why this concept or why these feelings were evoked. Jesus said to them, come away with me. Let us go alone to a quiet place and rest for a while. Many people were coming and going. They could not even eat. So they went away in a boat to a lonely place by themselves. The people saw them going. Many people knew them. The people ran from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When the boat got there, Jesus saw the many people. He was very sorry for them because they were like sheep with no one to care for them. passage one more time. Jesus said to them, come away with me. Let us go alone to a quiet place and rest for a while. Many people were coming and going. They could not even eat. So they went away in a boat to a lonely place by themselves. The people saw them going. Many people knew them. People ran from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when the boat got there, Jesus saw many people. He was very sorry for them because they were like sheep with no one to care for them. God, as we uh, hear your words and we hear um, your scriptures, uh, I pray that by your spirit you would illuminate our hearts, that you would um, speak to us. 
and that you might, uh, we might have an encounter with the living God. I pray this in your name. Amen. All right. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. They're gonna, uh, we're going to close with one song. And as they do, um, here's the invitation I want to extend to you this week. Um, obviously, this works, uh, this works well in a group setting. So if you've got roommates or uh, a family and you can do this, um, very, very easy to do. Um, if not, uh, what I did this week was uh, just recorded um, seven different passages uh, from various portions of the scriptures. And uh, if you have, if you have uh, access to the internet, um, you can go to our website. There's a media player there. And so here's how it, it could possibly work for you. Um, to just play, it'll be Monday, Lexio Divina in the media player, or Tuesday. If you, if you subscribe to the podcast, it'll show up in the podcast. Um, so if you have it on your phone or your computer or whatever, um, and just play that. Uh, just like we did this morning, um, listen to a verse. If there's a word that, that stands out to you or a concept or an idea, um, some time of silence, listen to it again. Listen to it a couple of times and kind of walk your way through that progress of what is it, what's the word that God is kind of, what's the blinking light? What is it that God might be saying? And what is that, why? How does that connect to my life and how I'm feeling and what's going on? And then God, what, what is it that you might want to say uh, to me today? Uh, I heard just bits, overheard bits of conversations, and uh, I love how the scriptures meet us right where we are, uh, wherever that is, whether it's you know a high place or a low place or before a vacation or in the midst of a job or all these different things, and yet God meets us right there and says something to each of us. Um, so if you journal, this would be a great way to uh, to just journal about what are the things that God is speaking and saying. Um, so that's just an offering to you that we want to provide. Um, again, if you have a family or you have friends or roommates and you can do this together, um, it's a pretty cool deal. Find us online at www.awakencommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash community or on Twitter at Awakening Community. See you next time.